Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good Saturday morning. I don't get to say that much. Cheryl, Roy, Joseph, Kenny, never get to say good Saturday morning very much. But here we are, 21 days of prayer and fasting, how this morning devotion family began. And yes, we're going 21 days straight. Hey, a secret. Really, it's going to be 26 days straight because, yeah, we end on a Sunday, start back up again on Monday. But here we are, day six. What a thought today, hopefully to get you moving, get you crying out before the throne of grace, waiting in the wings. So here we are, Saturday, January, what is it, January the 8th, the sixth day of prayer. So Trent and Lonnie, Beverly, Erica, you guys, you guys are tough. That's all I can say. You're tough. You're up on a Saturday morning, maybe like, Maybe like me, Saturday morning is, wow, that's the only day for me to sleep a little later. But here we are, and we're lifting up the name of the Lord. This is, we are going back to the roots of morning devotion, waiting in the wings. As you know, as you know, we're following, we're following loosely the 21 days of devotions that are found in the book on prayer. You can get that just everywhere. How's that? How's that? Get it everywhere. Pentecostal Publishing House, um, Amazon, Digital Print, Audible, uh, thebookonprayer.com. I encourage you to get it. Follow along. If you're not able during this time to watch one live, uh, of course, I'm going to ask at the end of 21 days who made it through the whole thing. Just come back, circle back, be a part of it. Tomorrow, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. Central, we're going to be doing a one of our prayer services here and just having focused prayer, hopefully start off the Lord's day just right. You going into your church services, worshiping God, seeing some great things happen today. Today in the book on prayer, the sixth devotion, the sixth devotion talks about the secret place of the most high God. What a wonderful subject that is. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high. Psalm 91.1. What a beautiful passage that is. And then it talks about all of the benefits of dwelling in the secret place. We find everything we need in that secret place. In parallel thought, today I want to share with you about the secret place. When an observant Jew prays or reads Torah, they're covered with the tallit of a prayer shawl. You may have seen these. When a person is buried, an observant Jew, they're wrapped in a prayer shawl. When a couple is married, a prayer shawl is held aloft by four poles to form a wedding canopy under the which they are married. Tal means tent, eat means little. The tallit then is a little tent, this prayer shawl. Some, some even go so far that it says, you know, Paul and Priscilla and Aquila, they were tent makers that It actually refers to prayer shawls, these little tents under which people pray and did spiritual life. Others say that when Jesus commanded his Jewish listeners to go into the closet of prayer, he was basically saying, 
Take your prayer shawl and form a little tent. Get under that tent and cry out on God. Form a secret place. The the whole world of believers can't fit into the tabernacle of Moses, so I'm giving you a prayer shawl, a little tabernacle, a little tent of your own, a secret place where you can gather in the presence of the Most High God. I love that, Bridget, Jean. I just love that. But the biblical portion of prayer shawl is what can be found in the four corners. It's twice. Twice in the Old Testament, Numbers 15, Deuteronomy 22, we read that Israelites were to sew tassels, ribbons of blue, fringes, on the four corners of their garment. These four tassels, one for each corner of the earth, represented the abiding truth that the earth is Lord's and the fullness thereof, but that they were blue is that we are not of this world. We are of not another world. You see, the curtains of the tabernacle, the veil of the ark, the screen to the door of the tent of meeting, the ephods, the headdresses of the priests, were all the color of the skies, heavenly blue. It's deeply emblematic of what heaven designed for our people, that we are pilgrims and strangers here on earth, that our home is, as we used to sing, somewhere beyond the blue. I mention this because the Bible's use of the word corner of the garments. The Hebrew word for corner is kanaf, which is the same word used for wing. And in Malachi 4, the coming Messiah, the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness, will arise with healing in his wings. Oh, I just love that. Kirk, Wendy, I just love this. In fact, I don't know. Let me, let me move over here. You, do you, have you ever noticed that when the sun arises through the clouds, it's like a wing forms? It's like a wing, this shaft of golden sunlight that just punches through. That when the sun of righteousness arises, that there will be healing in his wings. Can I talk to you about God's wings? God's wings. And waiting specifically in the wings of God. Throughout scripture, uh, we read, boy, it's a big morning for, it's a big word for Saturday morning. You ready? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on to your smartphones, your tablets. Just get ready. This is a big word. It's a big one. Anthropomorphism. (laughs) Yeah, I told you it was a big one. Uh, anthropos, of course, human, human being, morphism to change that many times in the Bible read, we read of anthropomorphisms, God in some human form. And so we read of his eyes, his hands, his feet, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro, the hand of the Lord, the arm of the Lord is not short, you know that and so forth. And sometimes even the creator of all is given qualities that relate to other creatures than human. We read of the Lord as a lion. We read him as a lamb on eagle's wings. And in that sense, it's common for scripture to describe God with wings. The psalmist again and again describes what's found when you wait in the wings. Oh my, oh my. Psalm 17, 8, keep me as the apple of thy eye. Hide me under the shadow. Thy wings. Psalm 36, 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy 
wings. Psalm 57 and 1, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusted in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge into these calamities be overpassed. Calamities. Wow, I wish I had someone named Jane. I've got Jenny out there right now. But I wish I had someone, Jane, say, Jane, say hello, so I could call you Calamity Jane. That's, that's it. That's it. Under the shadow of thy wings. Yeah. Psalm 61, 4. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. Stop, ponder, pause, think about that. That's what the word Selah means. And then, of course, Psalm 91. When we get that secret place, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shall that trust. You see that, that prayer shawl, that talit with the kamaf and the corners, the wings. They symbolize, emblemize the wings of the almighty God that we are waiting in the wings. And beneath his wings, there are three things I want to emphasize today. It's safety. You can find safety there, protection. The corners of the prayer shawl represented God's wings. And you know when they removed the Torah, a scroll out of a synagogue, they wrapped it in a prayer shawl. Protection in his wings. More than a cover, corner of the garment. God is our protector. He watches over us. There's not a thing that befell us in 2020, 2021, or we're going to face in 2022. That he hasn't already said, I can protect you. You just got to get in the shadow of his wings. Isn't that what Jesus said? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How oft would I have gathered my children together as a hen to gather her brood under her wings? But you would not. You need to accept that protection. Trust him for safety. Let him cover you with his concern. Cover you with his wings. Sonia. I believe that. Nancy, Luanda, I believe that. I believe that God wants to cover. Can I tell you one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible? I did recently when I told you the Shulamite shepherdess, but here's another one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible. It's the story of Ruth. Had a lot of strikes against her. Didn't belong to Israel. Stranger in the land. She was from the cursed land of Moab. She was a widow. But when she followed Naomi, you know, your God, my God, your people, my people. When she followed Naomi into Judah, she learned of two curious laws. The first was the law of gleanings. Her first morning in Judah, she went out, followed the reapers in the field, and she came back with an exorbitant amount of grain. She was just like to, she was allowed to pick up any leftover grain. Naomi's eyes lit up when she saw the grain, asked, where did you glean today? the field of Boaz. And Naomi said, oh, I need to tell you about a second law, the law of the kinsman redeemer. Boaz is the nearest relative to your late husband. He said, so here's what you're going to do tonight on the threshing floor when the men are through fleshing, threshing and they, and they lay down to rest. You need to go. You need to find Boaz. You need to lay down at his feet. And you need to take that corner, the canal, that wing of his garment, and you need to put it over you. And when he awakens, and he did awaken, and realize what happened, and Naomi instructed Ruth to say, you are the nearest kinsman redeemer. 
The sun did not set again before Boaz exerted the rights of the kinsman redeemer and claimed Ruth as his own. You do know that's how Ruth got a book in the Bible. And that's how Ruth got into the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ is because she stepped, she stepped under the shadow of his wings. You see, under the shadow of the wings, there is protection, there is safety, there is provision. Yes, that's what happens. And when you realize that Jesus Christ is the kinsman redeemer, that he redeems, Matthew 121, he is there to redeem his people from their sins, to take us who are not a people and to make us one of his own. That's why we're here. Can I say that in certain uncertain times, there's a prayer. Morning devotion family, each of us need to pray. Cover me, God. Cover me and my loved ones. Cover my family. Cover my church family with your presence, your power, your protection. Cover me. That's it, Carrie. That's it, Mike. That's why we're praying like this. Cover me. Cover me. Notice something else about the wings of God. When you're waiting in his wings, you're waiting for mercy because mercy is found under his wings. The tallit was worn by most observant Jews for morning prayers. But on one night, one night alone, you were allowed to wear the tallit. It's the evening of the most important night of the year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And on that day, people fast and pray for a complete and total transformation of their life. Because on that day, the high priest would make his annual pilgrimage into the holiest of holies, that sacred space filled with wings. Do you know there were three pieces of furniture in Solomon's temple in the holiest of holies? To each side were these massive 15-foot-tall creatures carved out of olive wood overlaid with gold that over that stood guard over the Ark of the Covenant. 15-foot-tall creatures, their massive wings were as wide as they were tall. They went from corner to the corner to the room. But the foremost and centermost piece of furniture, of course, was the Ark of the Covenant. And perched on each end of the Ark were angelic creatures made of solid gold cherubim. Their wings reached toward each other over a blood-stained mercy seat. And each year the high priest would sprinkle blood, the day of atonement, on that lid. And once a year, the sins of Israel would be figuratively rolled forward. And all of it happened beneath and between golden wings. Under his wings then, and you're waiting in his wings, You're saying, I need mercy. I need mercy. Hmm. The primary mission of the Lord Jesus Christ was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was an observant Jew, rabbi, teacher, no doubt. He wore those four tassels on the corner or wings of his garment. You think of that day. And that adulterous woman was deposited at the Lord's feet. The crowd planned to stone her, to kill her, to execute her. But Jesus saw an opportunity for mercy. 
For unwittingly, her accusers had placed her in the same position as Ruth of old, beneath the wings of the kinsman redeemer. Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, made like unto us, but in sinless flesh, that he may redeem us in the shadow of his wings. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. There is mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, my. Our text is found in the last book of the Old Testament, that last chapter, some of those words. Malachi said there's coming a day that Elijah is going to come. and He's going to point people back to the Lord. And after that day, you're going to see the son of righteousness rise with healing in his wings. John the Baptist came, the angel said, in the spirit of Elijah. And surely on the heels of John the Baptist came Jesus Christ, Jehovah Rapha, the great physician, the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. Beneath his wings, there's not only safety, there's not only mercy, there's healing. One of the most beautiful stories in the New Testament about this is that Matthew tells us of the woman with an issue of blood, once beautiful, now haggard, once confident, now stooped, once flush with cash and resources, now spent and exhausted, once a picture of radiant health. Now her face is ashen. She's a shell of her former self. Matthew tells us that she had hemorrhaged for 12 years. It rendered her very sick physically, ceremoniously unclean, cut off from fellowship. She heard Jesus was coming to Capernaum. And she said, she purposed in her heart, if I can just touch the hem of his glove, if I could touch the friend, the tassels that hang from his garment. If I could just touch one corner, one wing, one kanaf of his garment, I'm going to be okay. If I can get beneath the wings of the Lord. She didn't need a word spoken to her. She just needed one touch. She didn't need a pat on the back, a pat on the head. She just required a moment at the feet of the Lord Jesus. She didn't need another platitude, another prescription from a doctor. She needed a morning devotion. She needed Douglas, Sonia, Wyvette, Karen. She needed an answered prayer. She needed the son of righteousness to rise with healing in his wings. We overlook the significance of what that woman did. By purposing to put herself at the feet of Jesus and grasping the corner of his garment, she was in effect calling that prophecy in Malachi into effect. She was saying, Jesus, I believe you're the one. I believe you are the God made man. I believe you are the son of righteousness and you have come with healing in your wings. I declare you Lord. I declare your nature and your character. God, I believe you're going to heal me, not judge me. Yes, I'm unclean according to the law, but you can make me clean. You can make me whole. According to your grace and mercy, I will be healed if I can touch the hem, if I can get in the wings, under the wings of the Lord. She didn't aim to get in front of God. She came behind him. She wasn't eye to eye to God. She was eye to foot. As a dog coming for a crumb from a master's table, she approached and pressing her way through the throng surrounding Jesus. Finally, she spies him. She lunges forward onto her hands and knees and she grasps the kanaf, the tassel, that cord of blue 
the wing of his garment. And at that very moment, healing virtue passed from his body into her body. He stopped and said, somebody touch me. I perceive healing virtue has gone out of my body. How could she know? How could she know that by her simple act, you know, four chapters later, that we read that as Jesus moved through Galilee and went through the promised land, that it had a ripple effect, that what she did, others did likewise. That happened in Matthew 8, but in Matthew 12, we come along and we read of others that are touching the hem of his garment and others being made whole. She was a trendsetter, a pacemaker. She found healing in his wings and she unlocked the capacity for others to find. Same protection, mercy, healing. That's what's waiting in the wings of this morning for you. That's what's waiting in the wings as the sun rises with all of its strength. When you choose this morning, I shall dwell in the secret place of God. You are stepping under the covert, under the shadow of his wings, and you will find you will find that God will rise up and defend you. You will find that God will show mercy on you. You will find that God will heal you. Don't you ever forget, he invites us. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft would I gather? Each and every morning, the sun rises as if to say, step under the wings of the almighty God. And you're going to find answers for you. If you're, if you're part of this today, if you're sharing with this today, share this with others, but if you're sharing in this moment or later in the day, you're coming back and seeing this. I want you to know something. If we would get that same spirit of desperation that I'm going to step under the wings of God, if we would get that same assurance that Ruth had that if I can just get under the wing, the corner of the garment of God, that I am going to be made whole. My destiny will be assured. I believe that desperation and that assurance, as we wait in the wings, we're going to see miracles take place. Oh, praise God. Yes, we are. I wish you the greatest Saturday in the world, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. I just pray that you'll find the protection, the mercy, the healing in his wings. Tomorrow, tomorrow at 7 a.m., prayer service here on Morning Devotion. Bring your prayer request. Get ready, get ready, awaken, and let's call out on the name of the Lord. Thank you for participating 21 days of prayer and fasting. I pray God will be with you today through the weekend. May the Lord go. May the Lord go with you. Remember, we are believing in these 21 days, I'm believing this with all of my heart, that there will be an expulsion of a plague in the land. There will be a category. I I believe the sun of righteousness is rising and sunlight is the greatest disinfectant of them all. And I believe heavenly sunlight will flood our earth and God is going to show himself strong. I'm believing for a great awakening in our land. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. May the Lord go with you today. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. 
To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.